0: Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with Tim Ross. Tim is the lead pastor of Embassy City Church, alongside his wife Juliet, where they are passionate about upsetting the world with the message, hope, and love of Jesus Christ. Today he'll be sharing about how leaders have been exposed in these last couple of years, the importance of having the right people in your life as well as some practical tips and healthy habits for all leaders. So buckle up your leadership seatbelts and let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the avail podcast. I got my music going (laughs) as always. We are bringing quality, relevant, practical leadership, conversations and resources to you, Christian leader, to you, pastor, to you, ministry leader. And as always, we have top rank guests. We have amazing leaders. Today is not going to disappoint. Today we have Pastor Tim Ross from Embassy City Church. Pastor Tim, I'm happy you're on the Avail podcast. How are you feeling?
1: I'm doing well, man. I'm so grateful to be here with you, my friend.
0: Hey, this is going to be a great conversation. All you leaders out there, pastors, ministry leaders, marketplace leaders, lean in because this is going to be a fun conversation because Pastor Tim Ross is actually, he's a fun guy. He's an amazing pastor, man. I love Pastor Tim, what the Lord is doing in your life, in your ministry, you and your wife, Juliet, and everything he's doing at Embassy City Church. It really is awesome. Before we dive in, we're going to talk a little bit about leaders Leaders exposed in this season. We're going to talk about You need people as leaders. We're going to talk about some, you're going to make it real practical and just kind of healthy habits, practical on the, on the tail end of this conversation. Before we jump into that, can you share a little bit about yourself? So our avail listeners and viewers can get to know who is pastor Tim Ross.
1: Absolutely. I'm so grateful to be here with the avail family. I am Timothy Charles Ross (laughs) born June 26, 1975 in Inglewood, California. Uh, my parents pastored a church for 15 years in West Covina, gave my life to Jesus when I was 20 and a half years old, January 14th of 1996. Wow. Uh, the fun fact is I preached my first sermon February 25th of 1996. So five weeks later. And, uh, I've been preaching ever since 26 years of living for Jesus and 26 years of preaching for him as well
0: that's awesome that's awesome um you know i think one of the things i enjoy most about about what i've seen from you uh, tim is just you're a re- you're a relevant leader um you are a pastor who understands uh, these times today's culture and generation and i really really appreciate that i think i think that uh, all of you leaders listening in right now or even watching maybe i want you to lean in if you got a notepad or somewhere where you take notes get ready to take some notes because this is going to be a fun ride. I want to start off, um, Pastor Tim, just on, we were talking about how these last two years really have been exposing. And you talked a lot about just kind of, you know, it's been a pressure cooker for humanity. Can you unpack this idea of the pressure cooker and leaders exposed?
1: Yeah, man, so the last 24 months, man, dealing with, let's count it, uh, a global pandemic, um That led to essentially virtually a worldwide shutdown um, throw uh some of the most intense uh, racial rela- relations that we 've had to deal with in a very long time uh, that went global as well. Uh, George Floyd was uh, a worldwide outcry mm-hmm. um, mix some politics in there with some elections in there uh, and how that impacted leaders and their followers, whether it was a church or whether it was a company, um, the impact was great. And so then add in there isolation, uh, disconnection, um, uh, a lot of uh, unaddressed pain, uh, because when you when you took away uh, people's ability to get out, um, that affected the movie going industry, the entertainment industry. Uh, I'm talking about like going out to like a a, a, a Dave and Buster's or or, mm-hmm. or something like this. Um, you took away people's coping mechanisms, right? Some of people's favorite shows uh, mm. stopped being produced as a, as a result of that, and so people's delightful distractions. And some of their, you know, darker distractions Mm -hmm. um, uh, started to manifest. And you put that in a pressure cooker over a 24-month cycle. (laughs) And then you say, all right, essentially, mask off, get back to normal. Pop goes the weasel.
0: Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So, so what you're saying is so true. And I think every one of us not only have, has felt it, but you know, you kind of seen, you kind of seen a little bit of both sides. What would you say are some examples of good things that were exposed in this season? And then what are some examples of, let's just say not so good things that were exposed in leadership and pastors and churches? Absolutely. So some of the good things,
1: uh, I'll take, uh, something we did for example, uh, You know, our last service of uh, 2020 was March 8th. And so we didn't come back until January the 3rd. We hired over 10 people uh, in that uh, 10 month period. We uh, renovated the entire church. Hmm. We um, rebranded the entire church. Uh, We took full advantage of the fact that we weren't producing an event every seven days. right? Um, and then, you know, I saw some people that by the time they came back in July, they were down like 40 pounds. They were a new person. You know <laughs> what I mean? They bought a Peloton bike and started riding <laughs> it or bought a treadmill and, and people changed their diets. They, they got out of debt. They, they, they took this reset that the world received and they did something positive with it. So some mm. of those are some, just a scratching the surface on, some yeah. of the positive things that I that I heard as outcomes of uh, th- this pressure cooker, right? But mm-hmm. on the other side, uh, y- y- you know, I heard about people that, leaders that were, you know, their porn addictions flared back up. Like something mm-hmm. they had an, under control for a long time, all of a sudden started flaring back up. Wow. Um, uh, depression set in on a lot of leaders. I I, I can't tell you how many leaders... I had called me crying, mm. um, be, because they're naturally wired as extroverts, and being disconnected from community for them was devastating. Sure, um, I, I had a lot of leaders that started to have, well, I was about no, I need to correct that. I had a lot of leaders who's, who found out, got the revelation of how bad the the state of their marriages were. Wow. And because of the rhythm of ministry and working and going to an organization and going to work and mm. the kids and the, we only see each other, you know, maybe seven hours a day. Uh, and now you see each other 24 hours a day. <laughs> they finally had to deal with some issues that that the rhythm of life allowed them to go unaddressed. Yeah. And, and so, um, uh, you, you know, some people found themselves. In some very dark places, but all of that was right under the surface, and it was—it's just that uh, the season that we stepped into was the perfect storm mm. to give people uh, opportunities and um, exposure to
0: some pretty destructive patterns. That's so true. You know, I had a pastor recently. I was talking to. He gave me a good illustration. Um, you know, when you're a kid and you're you're in the pool, and then you try to hold a beach ball underwater, <laughs> and eventually, eventually, that pressure, like it, just, that beach ball, all it wants to do is pop up. And that's and it, right. It, it seems like some beach balls popped up <laughs> in these last.
1: That is a beautiful analogy. <laughs> that's exactly right. There's beach balls everywhere.
0: Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you mentioned something, Tim, um, how many leaders have apparently had challenges in connecting with themselves, you know? Um, and obviously with those who they lead, uh, many have had insecurities as to who they are outside of their position or their title or their role. Can you shed some light and some thoughts about that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, there's so many, there, there's a difference between Pastor Tim and Tim the pastor mm. and, a, and a lot a lot of these uh, a lot of us have, as leaders are so reminded about what we do that we're rarely in touch with who we are Wow uh, apostle prophet evangelist pastor teacher these are verbs <laughs> they're action words right? Yeah. They describe what we do. If if Michael Phelps, one of the most decorated Olympians of all time, uh, you know, if you if you had him on the podcast, you wouldn't refer to him as swimmer Mike. Right. If Usain Bolt was on 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 your show, you wouldn't you wouldn't, you know, refer to him as runner Usain. Right. We wouldn't keep reminding this guy of what he does. We would be talking to him for who he is. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to start a revolution (laughs) against titles. Uh, but, but I think, I think the, uh, I think the, the, the concern I have with the, the stake we put into titles, Mm. the importance we put into titles is that you can, it can lead to a trap of you only knowing about you and what you do. And not being in touch with who you are Mm. and being in touch with who you are is going to tell you where your needs are. Being in touch with what you do is only going to tell you about your performance.
0: Yeah, that's good. You know, um, I can't help but think that in God's grace and mercy, there's something that's really good that can come out of all this Um, because obviously none of us want to feel exposed, but the truth is if there's beach balls that we're just fighting to keep underwater, you know, they're eventually, they eventually will be. So, so, you know, what, I guess, what, what advice or what counsel would you give? And, and we're going to get into some practical steps, but you know, for, for a pastor or a leader who says, you you know, I, you know, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? You know, this pressure that I've been in, you know, I guess before we get to the practical stuff, what thoughts do you have there?
1: Yeah, so um the 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 pressure cooker that we've been in has been a good <clears throat> thing, right? Even though some bad things, some mm. bad beach balls might have popped up. <laughs> it's actually a good thing because if those beach balls don't surface, we can't we can't let the air out of them. Mm-hmm. Right? We can't address what's below the surface. Yeah. We can only address what's above the surface or at the surface. And so I think the last, I I can say for myself, I've found out more about people that I'm in relationship uh, in the last 24 months than I have the last, you know, for some people, decade. Right, right. Uh, Because I found out about their... Uh, thoughts on science. I found out about their thoughts on politics. I found out about their thoughts on race. I found out about their thoughts on ministry. I found out about their thoughts on a whole bunch of stuff unsolicited. Like I didn't even ask, right? <laughs> right. And they get and they had a lot of opinions about a lot of things, and it was very, very informative. Um, uh, I'm drawn to tension, not because I like drama, but I like to alleviate tension. And you cannot, you cannot get an understanding with stuff that is uh, unaddressed. And so I'd rather it be out there in the open. As a leader, we need to not be afraid of tension and not be afraid of what I refer to as courageous confrontations, right? If we mm. both face forward on the same issue, I believe that we can resolve it with an understanding that leads us to a deeper relationship.
0: I love that. Two things you just said really caught me. Number one, drawn to tension. I think I think I share that with you. I've never thought of it that way. Dr. Sam Chan has a book from last year that he wrote called Harnessing the Power of Tension. And a lot of times we want to run away from it, but the truth is tension is a healthy tension can be a good thing. And then confrontation. Okay. So this leads me kind of to the next, you know, part of our roadmap here. Um, You need people, right? As a leader, you need, absolutely. You need people. You, you, you know, you mentioned to me as we were preparing, you're talking about Jesus is such a great example. Let's talk about this leaders, pastors, Marketplace leaders, you need people. Talk to us, Tim.
1: Yeah. So so here's one of the uh, things that I've heard uh, really all my life, especially as it relates to leaders. It's lonely at the top. Hmm. The higher you go in uh, the success of whatever you're doing, the lonelier it's going to be for you. Oh, and especially in ministry, it's so lonely at the top. Yeah, people yep. are not going to understand you. And you're going to get to the top of the mountain. God has literally called you from community to the top of the mountain hmm. to be alone with him, right? And and I call it the Moses mentality, right? Uh, Moses did go up for uh, to the mountain for 40 days, and he came back down, right? Like, he didn't live up there. And so um, uh, when we look at the New Testament, what we find is that there's only one human being that's ever walked the earth that could have justified doing life alone because nobody understood him. Because that's the thing I hear from leaders is, yeah, I can't talk to a lot of people. It's lonely at the top because nobody understands what it is to be a leader under the pressure I'm under except another leader. Mm -hmm. And uh, that leads to to an unwarranted isolation uh, because the perspective is wrong. Jesus was the only person that literally could have said, hey, there's nobody on my level There's nobody that really understands the pressure of what it means to be the son of God. Therefore, I'm not going to have any disciples. I'm going to do life by myself. Peter, James, and John were with him on the top of a mountain, (laughs) the Mount of Transfiguration. He had three guys with him, okay? (laughs) And on his worst day, on his darkest day, depressed, sweating at like three or four o'clock in the morning until it was, as scripture says, drops of blood coming from his head. He had three guys with him praying prayers that he knew wouldn't stop what God wanted him to do, but yet he just wanted them to pray. Anyway, community is not about getting people who can relate to everything. Mm -hmm. It's about people who are in relationship with you through everything. Mm. And when you have that, man, you have it all. Uh, 2019 was my, uh, worst year as a leader, as a pastor, right? I had eight people that I loved die, five that were very close, three that I had to eulogize. Wow. And um, I wanted to quit ministry. I, I I was in the wrong position. I needed to fire myself as the CEO. <clears throat> I am a visionary leader, but I am not the day-to-day guy. And so I was on the wrong seat on the, on, on the bus God put me on, right? And so uh, within that process, the, the, the elders of our church gave me a three-month sabbatical. So I'm on this sabbatical, and I wanted to go see the movie 1917. It's a great movie if you haven't seen it. It's, it's all shot, meant to be seen as being shot as one long take uh, and with no edits, no cut scenes or anything like that. Great movie. Well, I go to that movie with two friends of mine that, that, that I just love. One, one guy's name is Marco. The other guy's name is Johnny. Marco is to my right. Marco uh, had gone through a really bad divorce. Uh, he was making over six figures in a um, uh, beauty industry, um, uh, like Botox and all that kind of stuff, injectables. And in order for him to be with his kids, he took a job at he took a job at Chipotle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he's working at Chipotle. He's on my right. Johnny is an IT genius. He could probably ha- hack into Langley, Virginia, NSA or FBI or something like that. He's he's amazing. But he was in between jobs, so he's unemployed. So I got a guy working at Chick-fil-A to my right and an unemployed IT guy to my left. And I've never felt more seen, heard, known, and loved. I wasn't at a pastor's conference. Mm -hmm. I wasn't at a pastor's retreat with other pastors. I was with two guys that loved me, Tim. Mm. Not pastor, Tim. They loved who I am, not just what I do. And if leaders don't have those type of relationships, they can find themselves very lonely, very isolated and, uh, you, you know, very jaded. Yeah. A lot of those leaders become very cynical.
0: Why do, you think, why do you think so many leaders are so hesitant when it comes to letting people into their lives? Um, you know, what, they've what been burned
1: it? in the past. <clears throat> so many of them have been burned in the past. They've they've uh, uh, someone's breached their trust. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, they've had a relationship that you know because of their success just got awkward and weird. Um, you, you know, I, I I will say that there are a lot of people that you can have in your life that when you're all at one level, they are they're just as happy and content with you but if you start to rise right whether that's financially or sure. influentially um uh, the relationship can the dy- the dy- the dynamic can change not everyone can handle a successful person hmm. um uh, a successful person um unwarranted in an unwarranted fashion breeds can breed you know insecurity from others and they, there's there's a, there's an unfair comparison that they do with you that you didn't even ask for, and that dynamic can be can sting. But but relationships are risky, man. Yeah, we we, we can't allow what happened with one person or a group of people um, make us surround ourselves with a moat, right? Mm-hmm. Build a prison around us, a wall around us where we go. But you know what? Since those relationships didn't work, no relationships will work. No, you just need. A group of people that none of their they, none of your success bothers them. It doesn't intimidate them. They don't want anything that you have. Yeah. They genuinely celebrate you at every stage of life, and those are the people that you relax with and that you feel comfortable
0: with. Yeah, that's good. So I'm hearing, I'm hearing, we need people in our lives as leaders, but it's right. not just not just anybody. We have to pray pray about this and, and kind of that's observe right. and find that's those right. right people. That's right, and
1: and right people doesn't mean doesn't always equate to other leaders. Right. Right. It did. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if you're banking on another successful pastor or however you define that success mm-hmm. a, as connecting with it or another great business leader and you're going, Oh, when I get that relationship, then I'll have a friend. You're going to mm-hmm. be waiting a long time. Sure. <laughs> sure.
0: Yeah. Cause sure. they're usually
1: not in your state Mm-hmm. Right, you, you connect in these green rooms, and you keep in touch with all these guys. None of them live where you live. Yeah, so you're not going to see them to the next conference. Like we need some friends that we can that that we can say, "Hey, man, come over for the game." Yeah, right. Hey, I want to go to the movies.
0: So, yeah, get get a friend. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Let's get some friends. Get some um, friends. <laughs> What I want to do, what I want to do here, and I do want to talk a little bit about your book, "Upset the World," but but I want to do it after some practical tips and healthy habits. Let's, let's just go into. I love practical things. I love things that I can go me back too. to later and listen to, and then take a, make a list and then yep. apply them in my life, and also share them with my team. Right. So yes. Some practical tips, some healthy habits. There's a few that we kind of talked. You you kind of brought up to me that You wanted to talk about, including uh, counseling and therapy as leaders, we yes, need it, right? Absolutely practice yes. of vulnerability, keeping the yep. Sabbath, culture of walking. I love that one. Let's let's start with uh counseling and therapy. That's something that, oh no, I'm a, I'm a leader, I don't need that. I'm a pastor, oh, I, I don't need that. Uh,
1: every leader needs it needs a therapist. Uh, everybody needs um a person who has um gone through the training to help us put the feelings and emotions that we have in our mind into words. Uh, My therapist uh, has said to me, uh, your brain needs words to heal. Mm. And a lot of times, you know, we as leaders don't have the right words to, to, to contextualize the season that we're in. Um, Not every leader has the wherewithal to be able to uh, diagnose uh, how they're feeling at any given time, and any leader that would say, "Oh no, I'm always in touch with my feelings, and I don't need a therapist," I, I would also suppose that that leader can also uh, change their own oil, change their own tires, work on their own engine, um, <laughs> fix the AC in their house, uh, fix their roof when it if it were to be uh, you know damaged. Uh, they they also do everything else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way that we go to a doctor to diagnose our organs and our body. Uh, we need uh, a specialist that just focuses on the psychological part and the mental part mm-hmm. of our minds yeah and when we get more language to that the more empowered we are um to know where we are at, every, at any given season
0: yeah i think you know I, I always talk about this one i think there's an there's a generational thing like my father's generation man it was really hard even to this day yeah, yeah for my father for to sure. accept you know i have to share something with some somebody you know generational yeah. culturally could could kind of be factors as well but but i find sometimes there's pushback from pastors and leaders because there there's been this old school mentality and and uh, expectation of i'm the pastor i should have it all together right are you following avail on social media if you answered no what are you waiting for you can enjoy encouraging content get updates on all our latest resources and connect with leaders just like you all from the comfort of your couch there's no better account to visit in between appointments or over morning coffee if you haven't found us on instagram and facebook yet look up the art of avail and click follow we can't wait to see you there
1: correct and let's, let's talk about how that was, uh, how that got into society, into mm-hmm. culture, right? So, so um, you know, right now, Generation Z is bubbling up in, in, in the culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, go back one more, that's millennials. Go back one more, that's Generation X. Mm-hmm. Go back one more, that's baby boomers. Go back one more. Who are they? The silent. The silent generation. So who taught our parents they learned it from a generation mm. that was labeled silence. <laughs> I'm actually doing a message uh, called silence isn't golden. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And, um, and it's all to address the fact that uh, David writes in Psalm 94, 17, unless the Lord had been my help, my soul would have dwelt in silence. Mm-hmm. I would have literally mm. died without my soul being able to express the, the, the heartache, the pain, the, the places where I felt disturbed, the, the secrets that I've held, nobody wants to die with a secret. There's a reason why uh, there's a such thing as deathbed confessions, because nobody actually wants to die with sure. a secret. And so when, when a person's soul can't cry out, um, then their bodies act out. I always say that whatever doesn't come up and out of our mouth through words, come up and out of our bodies through actions. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I know people that have, you know, held on to anger and haven't expressed it and they wind up with ulcers. I have people that have had incredible amounts of grief that never have expressed it and their hair falls out. Mm. My mom uh, took care of my father when he had a brain aneurysm and she was his primary caregiver and she never talked about uh, how much weight she was carrying Uh, and and how heavy a burden that was, her teeth fell out. Wow. So, So I can tie a lot of what happens in our bodies to directly to the words that come out of our mouth. And if we don't help leaders and their congregations to start being as transparent as the Bible that we read, we're just setting people, we're setting the body of Christ up for some pretty traumatic, traumatic scenarios.
0: Yeah. You know, we're talking about practical tips. Hey, leaders take notes. We just talked about every leader, every person needs counseling, a therapist. Now this is, this is connected to what you're talking about right now. Practice of vulnerability, the practice of vulnerability.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, so, um, I get vulnerability from scripture. I mean, if, if this book was supposed to be written to encourage people to be the best that they could ever be, man, 90% of this book would not have been written. Mm. I mean, we see uh, uh, weakness after weakness, <laughs> uh, we, we see uh, failure after failure, we see inconsistency after inconsistency. The Bible does not shy away from the humanity mm. of the people that God had to work with, starting from Adam and Eve and working their way on up. And so that vulnerability also uh, carried through to our first apostle, who our chief apostle, who is Jesus Christ. Yeah. He was vulnerable with his disciples. For you to come back in a glorified body and not just show them your scars, but let them literally put their fingers through those nail prints in his wrist and his, their whole, Thomas put his whole hand in mm. Jesus Christ's side this is what vulnerability looks like. Now, vulnerability, I always like to tell people, is that Jesus allowed uh, his disciples to touch his wounds and interact with those wounds when he was no longer bleeding from them. Wow. So if you're still bleeding from a wound... That's good. I would not let people touch it, right? You you should be quarantined, right? You should be in counseling. You should be getting some healing. therapy. Mm-hmm. It, it, you should be healing. I, I've, I've heard too many sermons of pastors who... You know, they thought they preached a great sermon, but they they were just bleeding all over the congregation mm. because they haven't they, they won't go to a therapy session, so it turns into a sermon. <laughs> and seventy five percent of the people in the congregation are going. Is who is he talking to? I don't know if he's. I don't think he's talking to me. Uh, he seems mad about something. Right. So we got, we got to help people, uh, especially leaders. When it's in our our job description to talk all the time, um, a, a healthy heart has healthy words to say. Yeah. But a toxic
0: heart has toxic words. Mm-hmm. So practical tips, therapy, counseling, practice of vulnerability. You talked about, and I love this one, keeping the Sabbath. Yes, sir. Come on. Listen, uh, as far as I know,
1: You haven't murdered anybody. As far as I know, you haven't committed adultery with your neighbor's wife. As far as I know, you know, you've you've uh you've not put any other gods before Mm -hmm. God. You know, I think you've I think you're probably batting nine out of ten on (laughs) the uh uh the the top Top ten all right uh commandments. And I think the majority of us are, but man, for some reason, we don't see the Sabbath the way we see adultery. Mm-hmm. We don't see the Sabbath the way we see lying. We don't see um, uh, the Sabbath the way we see bearing fault, false witness against our neighbor, right? And and so the Sabbath, God instituted the Sabbath and he wasn't tired. This is not about you being tired and, and you being able to... Um, uh, You know, man, I'm a go-getter and once I have my cup of coffee, I'm ready to take on the world and I'll, you know, I'll take a break when I'm dead. You know, I'll rest when I'm dead. No, well, (laughs) we're we're, we're disobeying God's mandate for us to have a healthy rhythm. One, two, three, four, five, six, rest. One, two, three, four, five, six, rest. One, two, three, four, five, six, rest. None of this is going anywhere. Well, ministry is twenty four seven, and it never stops. It never stops, but you can. Mm-hmm. It'll be there tomorrow, I promise you. Yep. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Jesus' bride <laughs> is the neediest woman that has ever <laughs> been on planet Earth. And to that end, this is why he has called over 2 billion people to minister to her. Mm. It's not all on me. It's not all on you. It's not on any leader. If you're listening to me right now, that is not your church. Mm. You are not the shepherd of that church. You are at best an Mm under-shepherd of that church. You are not the lead pastor of that church. You are the interim lead pastor of that church. (laughs) I don't care if you pastor it for 40 years. You won't pastor it forever, which means you're an interim. (laughs) Come on. The Church of Jesus Christ has has endured for 2,000 years, both pestilence and persecution. It's never going to go away because it belongs to Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we have a short part to play in interaction with it. And I never want my identity wrapped up with Jesus's woman. Hmm. My, I am one with Juliet. I am not one. <laughs> with the bride of Christ. <laughs> with the bride of Christ. I am part of the bride of Christ. Yep. I am not one with her. Mm. Jesus
0: is. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, I think as you're talking, I think I remember a time where the Lord really ministered to and spoke to me and my wife about the importance of of keeping the sabbath holy and, and really honoring it and how easy it is for us to justify and reason how it's okay because even because we're doing ministry right and mm-hmm. uh, and i think i think there's a lot of leaders who really need to hear this One, two, three, four, five, yeah, six. yeah rest rest and that, and that means and that means on that day of rest there's no work happening can you define that yeah yeah, so 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 when I say rest, rest
1: from the work that you get paid to do. Mm-hmm. turn the phone off, hand it over to your spouse, hand it over to your kids. I bet you they'll they want some eye contact, right? <laughs> um, uh, this doesn't mean you just, you know, oh man, I, I'm supposed to rest, so I guess I can't do anything. man, go ride a bike, go read a book just don't read a book if it's if it's about your sermon prep right if you, if this has anything to do with your job stop doing it on that day god can do more in your 6 days than you can in your 7 that's right and if you don't believe me believe Chick-fil-A <laughs> Chick-fil-A is the number 3 franchise in the United States of America wow and they're open six days a week. Mm-hmm. How is it that the Kathy family has applied the principle of the Sabbath better than the church has? Wow. Wow. So get some waffle fries and sit down somewhere.
0: <laughs> you know what else? You, could, you know what else you could do on that day? Puedes practicar español, verdad, Tim? Sí, sí.
1: Yes, sí, estoy aprendiendo uh, español, muy trabajando, uh, es uh, muy difícil, pero uh, es uh, español y es espectacular, s- s- estupendo.
0: <laughs> Very, es good. Very es good, good Spanish by sí, sí, sí. <laughs> Tim Ross. All right, let's gracias, talk. gracias. The last healthy tip I want to talk about, last practical tip, healthy habits, is... A culture of walking. I want you to unpack this because some leaders need to hear this right now. What, is, what do you mean by a culture of walking? I hope everybody's sitting
1: down Come for on. this because I'm about to bust some paradigms, on, okay? Uh, the, the culture of walking is, is uh, contextualized as this. Jesus was every, Jesus was able to accomplish every Old Testament prophecy ever spoken about him without ever having to run around Israel to accomplish this. Wow. He walked everywhere. As a matter of fact, the only two times that he is described uh, not walking is when he is on a donkey on his way into Jerusalem mm-hmm. and when scripture says he's coming back on a horse. so so he go he 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 has his triumphal entry into jerusalem on that donkey this is a birth to beat a a, a beast of burden and so it was a slow walk in when he comes back on that horse it's going to be swift even so lord jesus come right um but but you can get far more done walking than you ever will running Hmm. if i were to put a hundred pounds on your back in a backpack and a hundred pounds on my back and we were supposed to, and we were supposed to go 20 miles. I'm going to pass the finish line before you will. If, if you had to commit to run the 20 miles with a hundred pounds on your back and I had to commit to walking with 20, uh, with a hundred pounds, uh, 20 miles on my back, I'm going to cross the finish line before you will. Because the requirement for you to, to carry that weight over the finish line across that much distance, Mm-hmm it's unsustainable. Hmm. And we have too many leaders in organizations and in ministry Come on. who are running. Yeah, Everything's a rat race. Everything's I'm, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And they need me here and they need me there. And I'm going here and I'm going there. I can't tell you how many green room experiences I've had where I've where I've literally been introduced to a guy and said, hey, man, how are you doing? And, and, uh, and all I said was, how are you doing? And instead of just saying fine or, man, I'm doing really well, glad to be here, it was, oh, man, I'm doing great. You know, I just came back from uh, doing a revival uh, in Dubai. And, uh, man, (laughs) I'm on my way to Australia next. I'm only here for two days. But then I got to go home, pack my clothes real quick. Then I got to go do this conference in Florida. And I'm like, I did not ask about your itinerary. Yeah. But what I realized is that uh, unbeknownst to them, what, what I can tell is that they find validation in where they're going. That's true. Yeah, more than who they are. Mm. And so when we get people to walk, they can notice more. Jesus was able to spot blind uh, was able to spot Zacchaeus in a in a tree mm-hmm. because he was walking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He was able to hear blind Bartimaeus as he was walking through town mm-hmm. because he was walking. While he was walking to Jairus' daughter's house to heal her, he was walking at such a pace that a woman who had been bleeding for as long as Jairus' daughter had been alive was able to touch the hem of his garment. Walking sets the pace that sustains not only the individual, but the people following them. Jesus' disciples could not keep up with him if he would have ran everywhere. Mm. Discipleship Requires that we walk, not run.
0: So conviction is setting in right, right now in so many of us, including <laughs> me right now. Yeah. Wow. A culture yeah. of walking. That's really good. Thank you for unraveling that for us. Um, absolutely. Man, this is good. This is good. Hey, hey leaders, this is leadership. This is this is important that we're talking about this. We want, we want to see you in leadership for the long run, longevity with health, with strength. Uh, I love this. You know, I, I want to kind of hit the final stretch here, uh, Tim. And I want to just, can you just mention about your book, Upset the World? Can you just give us the 30,000 kind of kind of view in, in a minute of of the your book, Upset the World? What's it about? Why'd you write it?
1: Yeah, so uh, the book comes from uh, me reading scripture. And it just kind of popped up to me one day as I was reading Acts chapter number 17, verse number 6. Uh, These angry uh, Jews uh, say, hey, Paul and Silas have caused trouble all over the world, and now they're here disturbing our city too. And in the Greek, the word for "cause trouble is literally turn upside down. What they've said is they've literally turned the world upside down, and now they're here disturbing our city too. It was both the most wildly exaggerative uh, phrase, statement that they could have made, and it was also incredibly prophetic. Wildly exaggerative in that they hadn't turned the world upside down, but incredibly prophetic that they would. We're still turning the world upside down in the Mm. same way that uh, Paul and Silas had done. And so to that end, I believe that uh, people that have uh, come into a relationship with Jesus have had their lives turned upside down by his message, his love and his hope. And to that end, the book is written to get other people to become upsetters and do the same for the people around them.
0: So good. I love that. Um, Tim, where can people get your book, Upset the World?
1: Yes, if they just go to Amazon and type in Upset the World, they will be able to get that book to them in probably 24 to 48 hours. Thank you, Amazon. Awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you want to get that book, Leaders Upset the World? Great book. Uh, search it up on Amazon Upset the World by Tim Ross. Um, also, where can people connect with you? Are you on social media? Is there a website? Where can people kind of connect you, with you in the church?
1: Yeah, so on Instagram, it is Upset the Gram U P S E T T H E G R A M. Upset mm-hmm. the Gram. TikTok is Upset the Talk. And uh, you can get our YouTube channel at
0: Embassy City Church. Love it, love it. Um, I wanna mention something because we've been talking about practical. One of the practical things for leaders is just having resources in their hands. I wanna mention the Avail Journal, the Avail Leadership Magazine. There's, these come out quarterly. Um, do you agree, Tim, that having resources that you can read and learn from other leaders are helpful in your leadership journey? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs>
1: They got, we gotta have them, we must have them.
0: Yes, yes, everybody, if you haven't done so yet, you can uh, claim your free annual subscription of the avail journal. I would say this is probably the top Christian leadership magazine and it's diverse, it's multicultural, it's multi-generational, it's men and women in leadership and ministry. Go to availjournal.com, by going to availjournal.com, you can claim your free annual subscription and just be encouraged and be equipped with some great leadership resources that's the avail journal. Uh, we're on the final kind of the the, the final um, stretch here and here's what I want to do real quick. I'm going to get my music going here Tim cuz cuz my music helps me get in the vibe. It's good music okay, too. This, this is this is kind of like um kind of quick answer top of the top of your top of your mind, right? Got not think about it. Shouldn't be too long. Got it. Number 1, what makes you laugh? Comedy. All right. All right. That makes sense. (laughs) All right. Next question. Next question. Hobby. What do you love to do? Read my Bible. Come on. Any hidden talents people don't know about or we surprised by?
1: Uh, I did stand up comedy for uh, two years. I love the genre and uh, my brain still processes everything through that filter. Stand up comedy, huh? Yeah.
0: Maybe we should have left a little space for some of that here. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do another episode. We'll do another episode. I got I, it. All right. I, just a simple piece of advice for young leaders. Just, just a tip. Young leaders, think about this.
1: Don't take yourselves too seriously. Come on. Uh, it's not all on you, but mm-hmm. it's not all off of you either. Okay. God is not using you. You're in partnership with him. Mm-hmm. So let him do his part
0: and you steward your part. Come on. I like that, I like that. Let's finish off, Tim, just a final nugget, a, a wisdom nugget for leaders out there. What, what's, what's a final thought you wanna leave leaders with today?
1: Um, the fact that uh, I love them and uh, without them, uh, we wouldn't see change on an exponential level. And this is why um, the Avail podcast is so important and hmm. them taking care of themselves. Is yeah. so important. We influence thousands of people and they will only be as healthy as we are.
0: Mm, that's good, everybody. Take it from the man himself, Tim Ross, bringing some words of wisdom, some great leadership nuggets and some great insight and experience today on this podcast. Um, Tim, on behalf of the Avail team, on behalf of Dr. Sam Chand, Martine Van Tilborg, everybody who's behind the scenes on Avail, we just want to say thank you We honor you and we thank God for your leadership.
1: Thank you, man. Honored to serve. Thank
0: you so much. (laughs) Hey, everybody. We can't wait to see you next time on the Avail podcast where, where we help you in the art of leadership. This conversation today with Pastor Tim Ross from Embassy City Church has been awesome. Hope you've been encouraged. Hope you've grown a little bit. Hope you took some notes. Remember, just like Tim Ross, we got to upset the world with the message of Jesus. we got to shake it up. We love you, everybody. Catch you next time right here on The Avail Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Avail Podcast with our guest, Tim Ross. You can connect with Tim on Instagram at UpsetTheGram, the Embassy City Church YouTube channel, and you can order his book, Upset The World, on Amazon. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal by going to availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail Media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.